welcome to That's Rich, the podcast about rich people and the obscene things that they do with their money, from greedy dragons sitting on piles of hoarded gold to SoundCloud rappers holding up stacks of bills to their face and pretending that they are money. My name is Rory Kelly, and as always, here's my co-host, Daniel McCune. Hello. And this week we have a special guest, Eileen. Hello, that's me. Eileen, how would you like to be introduced? Is there a particular moniker? Um, Actually, right now, I my my brand is a question mark. Um, <laughs> so you can introduce me as the Eileen, the question mark. Um, I just graduated college. <laughs> and I really have no idea what's going on in my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you tried for enigmatic and you landed with LinkedIn. Um, okay, so Eileen, she's a human enigma and she's very much looking for work. If you haven't listened to the show before, this is a show that looks at strange examples of the weird habits and hobbies of rich people throughout history or from the present day. Each fortnight, me or Dan brings a particular story to the other one and tries to make them squirm with delight and reel in pain at the obscenities that the wealthy can get up to. This week, however, we are opening with a special mini segment on probably the most interesting event in rich people news for the past four years, the US election, which as of about two hours ago has finally been called. Crazy, right? I can't, <laughs> it still doesn't feel like real yet because they keep using that no. iffy terminology like projected and, and, and things. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, it seems like Joe Biden's a promising young man who's got a bright future ahead of him. Like, you know, oh, he's going to amount to big things. He's going to be the president someday, as opposed to yeah. he's actually now the president. But CNN and Associated Press and all the major outlets have now called it. Currently, Associated Press have given Joe Biden 290 electoral college votes, um, and that's liable to increase. Um, so we've decided to dedicate this opening segment to just talking about the election. <laughs> oh, <so laughs> um, and I guess we'll firstly go to first go to Ailey, who is a... a, a a real bread and butter American. A real life American. <laughs> um, here hot, I am. Hot blooded, uh, you know, patriot over here. Um, so, um, Ali, how would you describe the last few days as the numbers sort of came in from the initial, oh, sorry, from like everything closing to like watching the election numbers come in? How would you describe that time? Um, it has been just a lot of anxiety. I think a lot of mm -hmm. just me and my friends, my family have just been waiting around for three days, just, you know, holding our breath, waiting for some news. And it's been so um, kind of unsure because I think that all of the news um, news sites wanted to be sure that what they're projecting was actually confirmed because, you know, Trump is going to kind of hop on anything that, um, you know, that he can to question and to um, make seem fraudulent. So all of these news sources are really, really trying to make sure um, that what they're saying is confirmed. Mm -hmm. So it's just been such a long process. And I'm so happy that it's finally over. Jesus. Longer than any other year, it felt like too. This felt like the Oh yeah, I think it. I think it is the longest. I I could be wrong, but I think, I think this is maybe. I think two thousand went on for longer, but I mean that ended up oh, going okay. to the courts and everything. That wasn't just the result. We've literally just been waiting for the result. When I mean, it's not like people were debating who's won and hasn't. Um, I suppose that's the next question: is will it? Do you think it will go to the courts? Do you think? I, I doesn't feel like it has any standing to, but like. Yeah, there's some, it really just, I guess it just depends on the will of Trump and the Republican Party, right? He's saying he's going to sue them. 
Um, but it seems like that could go either way. By the time this goes out, we'll probably know. It is interesting kind of seeing that a lot of his Republicans, his Republican friends are kind of now turning on him. And now he's not really um, in power. We see a lot of Republicans are just kind of like distancing themselves from him. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. going to be well, a really big he- hurdle. Him. And if he wants to sue, mm. or if he wants to somehow get yeah. back, in the, the swamp stays swamping. You know, they will keep, they will just mold back into the, <laughs> like you know, in Pirates of the Caribbean too, when they're like part of the ship, part of the crew, they just will do that, but be part of this weird. He'll just like form this weird, like Mitch McConnell will just fold back into exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. Gross. Mitch McConnell like wriggles out of the wood every morning, and you know. There's mushrooms Swamps growing on him. Over to the wheel. See him. He has oh my god! Room. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole microecology in living in McConnell's skin. Um, I think that yeah, they were never the biggest fan of him, right? And they're probably to a degree relieved. You know, they they all fell in line, obviously. I mean, they and they voted down the line with him over the years. They've they've only ever been kind of squeamish. Uh, can I ask, now that we've got? I guess this is this is a question for the for the for the team, uh, for the team that we have here, Team Titans. Um. What was the general re- response for you guys when you first heard it was the, when you first saw all the news outlets like say Biden will be the next president? Because I still had to process mine a little bit, but I was interested what the, the collective response was. Um, for me, well, I found out because Daniel just said, "Hey, Biden's won," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, awesome!" Um, but I think it has been such a kind of whirlwind just because on the first night trump was like i've won it like this is my Mm -hmm. election and some part of me just having flashbacks from 2016 i was like i think he might have like i think this i think this is over and then just slowly i'm was kind of gaining back my confidence and i was like me and my friends were manifesting and and you know <laughs> giving I respect to Joe, like projecting all the energy coven of witches out in the garden. <laughs> but whatever manifest we did, it worked. So Clearly. I think Clearly, you know, yeah. um, proof enough, proof enough for me that you have yeah. magical powers. Um my reaction was was I think less than that. I felt I felt I don't want to say nothing, but I felt like I felt I saw I felt a sort of brief sense of relief. Uh, that we're not going to have to live through another four years of Trump. Did, but... you, did you jump straight to like worrying about what Biden's got planned and stuff? Yeah, I didn't need to. I also didn't need to jump there. I was there already. <laughs> like whatever worrying is, that's always and already taking place. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not inspired by, and I, I'm I'm totally more than that. I'm I, I have basically no confidence in uh, in Biden to tackle any of the major, not just broader political issues that I would like to see done, but just any of the impending crises that are taking place, right? Just the, the management of, of outside threats, specifically uh, the pandemic and climate change. I just, it's just not going to happen. The pandemic. What's that? <laughs> oh, you haven't, you haven't heard? No, I've been living my regular life. Uh, I mean, You've been running the... come by. I'm not sure why, but it was. Yeah. Like, Oh, I wondered why you were saying that business was going really good at your kissing booth. I was, I was, uh, I thought surely that's that can't be going. Yeah, well, I work but... at the spit factory, and it really everything everything was operating fine. A bit some layoffs, but it's a tough economy yeah. right now. So you got that's to... really good. I picked up work as a custom cough uh, <laughs> provider, so like you know, people come in and they say wet. And I go, <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> and I do my best. But I was, I was just gonna say, you know, I agree that. Um, you know, Biden wasn't my first choice. 
and I think we are going to have some challenges. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see kind of what sort of policy he puts forward. Um, but I do think it is, um, you know, there are a lot of disenfranchised people in the United States that see this as at least something where they're not going to be put on threat every single day in terms of a lot of people um, at threat of deportation, things like that. I think mm-hmm. that is, um, you know, a big win for a lot of people who are struggling right now. So I don't want to draw a false equivalence. You're right. Um, and it's, it's, it's not the same thing, but I would hope, I mean, that's what I would hope, right. Is that Biden would take that opportunity, right. There's a huge opportunity now to kind of dismantle the systems of, yeah. I mean, for example, deportation, right. And, and to, and to, uh, dismantle ICE and other uh, organs of the US government that, yeah, marginalize those people. But it, um, I just hope he does it. But I can't, I can't honestly say I think he's going to, but it will still be better, yes, than having. Yeah, I, I, I struggle to see just the nature of sort of the civil unrest that's been unfolding recently. And you speak to most people who, who believe in all those causes and, and Biden was never the figurehead for that or, or the, the person that people had the most faith in for that. It's going to be an interesting bit of time. I what what I wonder is that how will because I don't think things will be less whack than they are right now. But I feel like there's going to be a weird marring of discourse around Biden and, and Kamala. And I just hope people hold into the same scrutiny. I guess that it, one of the nice, not one of the nice things, but I think a different tone people t- took with Trump was this high level of scrutiny of like, okay, what is he doing? We need to keep tabs on this guy. And I kind of hope moving forward that we hold all elected officials to that standard because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like we've known, I mean, for years and years and years, they've gone away with stuff. So I just wonder how much the white liberal saying yas queen loads is going to get in the way of arguing about that. That is Well, discourse. I'm sure that the conservative media is going to absolutely destroy Trump or Biden in terms of like, you know how they did with obama um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, not not true. destroy him but of course like criticize him and yeah well they'll they'll start taking the pandemic a lot more seriously yeah. i imagine suddenly they're gonna regain the ability to cut um and it's gonna be entirely obvious to them just how bad things are and he will of course get the blame for all um, of those. but one person who's definitely losing out uh, i just i have a, a couple election related stories with some of the uh with, with to do with money and other such things um was uh, Britain's own Nigel Farage, who, while campaigning and speaking for for Trump at different events, made a ten thousand pound bet that Trump would win the <laughs> election, <laughs> meaning that he is set to lose. Uh, bookies apparently have reported that he did make the bet and was set to win about twenty eight thousand pounds if he won. And now he's just out 10K, which is so, so Fuck, funny. Yes, that's really, that's very satisfying. The thing with, the thing with I think, election news generally, like it happened with Brexit, it's people, there's a lot of people who would love to call early and are so sure, and they'll, but they won't spend 10,000 pounds. They'll just say something like, I'll eat my hat if that, if that. I'll move yeah. to Canada. That's what, that's what <laughs> exactly. they say. And they never do. Yeah. But then credit they're... to Farage. He was like, I will give you a pound of my flesh if you lose it. And <laughs> lo and behold, the man bleeds. He only thinks in terms of like Shakespearean monetization. Exactly, yeah. Big gesture. And he ate shit. Oh, that, that really cheered me up. This is the fuck who basically tried to incite a race war in the States. Like, I mean, Jesus Christ. You know, uh, apologies, Eileen, on behalf of uh, our fucking country uh, that has been nothing but a blight on yours 
exporting our worst, sweatiest, frog-faced men to try and gin up racial conflict. Farage went on an anti-Biden uh, rant on, I believe it was LBC, it might have been on talk radio, um, where he called Biden anti-Brexit and and, and and I would argue anti-British, which I just think... Like, <laughs> good, honestly, good! I'm sorry, but like being anti-Brexit at this point in the States, isn't it just making a better trade deal for you and like getting it? Like yeah. surely it's just a numbers game at this point. Like it's not. Also being anti-British, you, you do remember how that country was founded, right? Like, holy shit. That's a good thing. It's kind of cool. It makes me like Biden more. It makes me I'm like, hey, all right. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. Yeah. Fuck us. <laughs> I don't want him to be cringe. I don't want him to be like, you know. Uh, but that was the that was the main thing I wanted to report. Also, uh, Chet Hanks, Pod's favorite, Chet Hanks, has posted one of the wildest videos I've ever seen in my life. Hey guys, I just want to say that you know, like now that Trump's leaving office, I think it's important to remember that he was the president, so we should show some respect. Pussy clot, fuck them, Ross. Donald no one around but big boss man Biden. Fuck them, Ross. Pussy clot, boy. Go suck on a mother. The range. <laughs> <laughs> the range. That guy has. He has another voice. He's trying it out. Apparently. What do you? In what do video. you think his relationship with his dad is like? Oh, I've got to know. I've got to know. <laughs> Because there's Colin Hanks, right? You've seen Colin Hanks, right? Have you, you, you know, yeah. view, view, listeners who aren't familiar with Colin, Colin Hanks is just a Tom Hanks clone, right? He looks exactly like him. He yeah. plays Tom Hanks characters. I like to think that Tom Hanks hates Colin Hanks because he, <laughs> he fears him and he fears the threat. And actually, maybe him and Chet really get on, you know? Tom Hanks has invested money in, in Chet's various... Uh, Vape cleaning companies that 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 uh, sell vape cleaning kits. <laughs> okay, but just briefly, imagine Chet Hanks is talking to Tom, and he starts doing his black scent shit to Tom, and you have to imagine what Tom Hanks is like trying to justify, just trying to talk. He's like, "Whoa, all right, okay, uh, that's well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is this the project you've been working on for the last <laughs> real vocals, vocal range, there, son." You know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Maybe he sees the acting potential. I mean, Chet Hanks. His name really suits him. It's perfect, isn't that. it? Isn't it perfect? Chet. Chet Hanks. As much as Colin Hanks is definitely a Colin when you look at him, Chet Hanks is definitely a it Chet. Definitely like, I saw um, Colin Hanks for the first time in the Roswell TV show about aliens that visit Roswell. Mm-hmm, and he just mm-hmm. played the classic like kind of nerd person. And he did it amazingly. He really he's did. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. He's the nerd market. He's the nerd. They go actors. He's the nerd actor. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Chet is an alien. Um, Ali, I want to ask you a question. Uh, as as a uh, as an American, what do you want to see Trump do now? You know, uh, what you what you want him to get up to? He's he's probably got a good uh, a good eight months of life ahead of him. You know, there's a lot of lot of time he could spend. I'm thinking I want to see him kind of start a, a cult slash church um, sort mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, or also like maybe a pyramid scheme, pyramid scheme. That would know, be amazing yeah, if yeah. he went right back to his old scam shit. Like if nothing happened. Like, Absolutely. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. A pyramid um, cult. He could do both. Yeah. Yeah. The classic pyramid cult. So I don't know. I just kind of want to see him. Uh, I don't know. I know that he's going to be throwing some sort of big tantrum and 
Um, but I mm-hmm. almost wish that he kind of just like fades from the public view because he just doesn't deserve all the attention yeah. that he gets. Um, and I hope that yeah. he just kind of, you know, will get his little cult, collect his people and just, you know, go to like some rural place and just, you know, mm-hmm. be the president of that. And wait for the rapture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he can be president of a little. We'll give him a. What's a state we could give him? What's a state you'd be happy giving him? Uh, Florida, surely. Yeah, Florida. You go <laughs> ahead. Florida. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The man was um, born of Florida, and to Florida he shall return. That was a very nuanced. That was a thoughtful answer. I just hope he dies. That's all. I. I don't know. I hope he <laughs> yeah. Oh, top of the list. Yeah, dies. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, assuming he's going to live a while. The amount of damage that Trump has done to the United States is incalculable. Incalculable? Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's honestly despicable. And, um, you know, <laughs> I'm just, this is, you know, I want to acknowledge that it's coming from a place of someone who, you know, I have a lot of different privileges and there's a lot of people who have really suffered under Trump in terms of black and brown people, um, you know, immigrants lgbtq community Mm -hmm. there's just so many people that have really been negatively affected not even negatively affected but absolutely just targeted yeah yeah yeah. back to the mud for four years i think think, you know i'm it's just cool to see that you know there's gonna be he he's not gonna be in our lives anymore I bet he's gonna like start a podcast or something. Oh. <laughs> he should start a pod. He should start a pod. I mean, first he should come on our podcast, and then he should start his own podcast. If not the Batman yeah. kid, sure. <laughs> uh, vice president, I think would be funny. That'd be humiliating. Just make him vice president. Have, have him hang around. God, in all of this, I didn't even think about Pence. <laughs> no, he's got he's got nothing now. No personality. Yeah. A wife that hates him. Yeah. He's got nothing. No, excuse me, he doesn't have nothing. He's got that fucking haircut that, you know, that you could cut glass with. That shit, that shit is off the I, chain. I don't want to say it like in The Simpsons, like, will somebody please think of Pence and all of this? Pence is just going to stroll into the void and just never return. <laughs> Pencil, no, Pence will be rehabilitated, right? Right. Mainstream media outlets will will embrace Pence and, and, and they won't embrace Trump, but they'll say, oh, Pence, you know, he... We can't judge him too harshly. We've all, we've all, haven't we all done jobs we don't like? You know, mm. yeah. I worked at McDonald's for three months. You know, between yeah. college, he'll true. do, he'll do what everyone else has done. He used to work. He'll do some tell-all book about being like, oh yeah, no, Trump's really aphobic actually. So, I, <laughs> he to go. so I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't stand for that. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, the books. There's gonna be an onslaught of books. I I think actually in the tell-alls, we're just gonna discover all the weird fucking shit. Sorry, Mm. weird. You can swear, (laughs) sorry. My dad is gonna watch this. (laughs) Oh, hi, Eileen's dad. I'm sorry for swearing. By the way, big shout out to Eileen's dad. He's listened to the podcast uh, all the way through, so we give a shout out to Ryan. Thank you so much. We really big shout out, Ryan. Dedicated fan. Love you very much. But I just think that the tell-alls are just going to reveal all the really weird stuff that Trump actually does, like in in Absolutely. the privacy of his own Oval Office or whatever. It's going to reveal, yeah. like, you know, yeah, how he like how he sometimes wears just the blazer and the tie, but no shirt. Like you know, like he shows up to meetings and he's like, and he calls it like a new thing, and and, and you know, and it doesn't work. Just I guess okay. So just before we're just going to wrap up this little bit of time. Yeah. I guess for, I'm going to ask both of you 
I guess final thoughts on this. I guess I mean I guess it will, uh, it will final feelings in the moment of it happening. I feel like um, to I if you want. You know, I'm happy. You know, it's been a it's been a rough couple of months, but I'm happy for right now. Um, I might mm-hmm. not be happy in the next couple of months because Biden is questionable, but I'm just gonna enjoy this moment for now. So mm-hmm. and shout out, you know, to all of the kind of grassroots organizations and and campaigning that made it happen so yeah mm-hmm. and again to Eileen's dad you know just any opportunity <laughs> yeah I'm I'm not as happy I'm more ambivalent but yeah I would I would say take the win if you want the win you know and and it's been it's been a pretty miserating uh six months um uh, and yeah and if it brings you joy at night which it does me think about how funny it is uh that he he caught a disease that he spread and he got voted out of office. That's funny. That's, you know, that's, that's a pretty big L not, not often in politics. You get never not. Such a massive L exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm, I guess, okay, well, if you're happy and you're ambivalent, I guess I'm sad, uh, just to cover all the spectrum. <laughs> uh, we don't want to lose the sad market of the pod. I'm sort of in disbelief. I can't really believe that it's the end of Trump and Trumpism. Mm. I, I do love that we're start we're continuing this new American tradition of having leaders who don't speak in full sentences. So that's good. <laughs> keep that going. Um, I love I love hearing someone talk like a Frank Ocean song, <laughs> where it's like whenever Biden or Trump gets done, I'm like, oh, I don't know, don't know what he just said, but it sounded like something. So that's 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 powerful. Biden um, especially actually does talk like Frank Ocean songs. That's a really good take in these kind of vignettes. That allude to the past, but yeah. in a way that you can't quite piece together. Where like there's a deep sadness there. It's it's beautiful keep if you let faith. it be. Keep it's, keep yeah. the faith in me. I'll keep the faith in you. <laughs> faith. <laughs> like, oh man, so true, so true. <laughs> I'm I'm quite happy too. I'm kind of letting myself be happy for at least right now. As I've seen a hundred talking points about this, the 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 current state of the U.S needs a lot of work mm-hmm. from everyone there's a lot of people who won't put in that work so just keep an eye on them <laughs> let's just sort of see what happens because i certainly don't know what's going to happen keep an eye on them keep an eye on them i think is a good little uh maxim and we'll keep an eye on them here on that's rich <laughs> tune in every week um, <laughs> but in the meantime this episode basically our, our, the main focus of our episode is, is just me and rory unfortunately which was uh, recorded a few weeks ago we just wanted to jump some of our election takes in. Uh, here's a bit more of an escapism since it's a, a historical one. And I, I think it's really fun, informative. Uh, and uh, go back to past Daniel, who, God, what a, what a naive man. He didn't even know anything, man. And a young buck he is, yeah. And you guys, if you want me back on the podcast, um, these, this, is for the, this is for the viewers. Flood the comments. Say... <laughs> back. We need her back. Um, and maybe I'll consider it. Can I say, Frank, can you get yeah. on if you got one comment? Email us. Thank you so much, Eileen. It was great. You're welcome. <laughs> right. Now enjoy the rest of the episode. So now we move on to our main topic. It was my turn to research this week. And this is what I wanted to do for a while it is a a lovely man actually called a handsome young gentleman 
by some people when he went to Cairo. It is Mansa Musa, the emperor of the Mali Empire, the tenth Mansa, uh, who ruled, mm. uh, fr- who lived from twelve eighty to thirteen thirty seven. Um, he is the richest man that has ever been. He is the <laughs> richest man. Not even kidding. Fuck that. Not even kidding. He is the richest, richest dude. How much? How how much? How, how rich do you think he was? Okay, because like you know, and I, I, I think big. Think big. Think big. <laughs> I don't know what what anyone's particular net worth is. Uh, I think uh, there's only a handful of like hundred billionaires, right, who have an actual personal net worth of of a, of a hundred billion. So I'm just more than that. More than that. I'm giving you nothing. You got to guess. It's a game. Play the game. 120 billion. 120 billion. No. Uh, almost double 400 billion dollars in today's Christ. money. Uh, which is 300. Almost 300. double. That's almost yeah. four times. Uh, yeah. Funny that. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, damn right. Funny, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just realizing how much I don't have math. So, um, Matsumusa was the uh, Mansa, which uh, translates to Sultan, Conqueror, Emperor. Uh, he was the head of the Mali Empire, the 10th one, uh, which is an Islamic West African state the size of the United States comparatively across Africa. Um Jesus. Contemporary accounts of Musa's wealth are so breathless that it's almost impossible to get a sense of just how wealthy and powerful he truly was, uh, was a quote from Randall Butcher, an associate professor of history at the University of California. Um, he inherited like a crazy rich empire, and then his riches came mainly from mining massive vats of salt. They were living on gold mines and salt mines, and oh. they just expanded. Salt and salt gold. And gold. <laughs> the, two, the two best. So how much was his personal wealth? Because we can break down, you know, he had X amount of gold and whatever but, um, in the empire. Uh, but what was his personal wealth? He had 50,000 dinars, which is about 180 kilograms or 400 pounds of gold that he pers- was personally given to him by the Mamluk ruler Al-Nasir Muhammad, um, according to re- uh, reports. We should say, sorry, um, as ever with, with ancient empire stuff and my limited, limited research, um, some of this is facts <laughs> and fiction. A lot of what we know from, uh, the, from the Mali Empire is self-reported by griots, who were, they, they had this oral tradition. They were kind of like poet, storyteller, kind of like comedians. Mm-hmm. They would hang around and tell the stories <laughs> uh, through an oral tradition, and we mainly know it through them and through some reports um, of 14th century and 16th century. So that's our, that's our principal source. Yes. Yeah. Like if you tried to piece together the Boris Johnson era through clips yeah, from off the Just week. a couple of wise guys. You couldn't, uh, <laughs> we call this a historical gossip podcast. This is definitely going to fulfill that. Because <laughs> yeah. Spreading shit. Around. This is two know-nothings parsing whispers through time, okay? So just buckle up. A brief background on the Mali Empire. It was a West African trading empire from 1235 to 1670. It was uh, the largest empire in West Africa and profoundly influenced the culture of West Africa through its spread of its language, laws, and customs. The ancient kingdom of Mali spread across parts of modern-day Mali, Senegal, Guinea, uh, Niger, Nigeria, Chad, Mauritania, and Burkina Faso. Sorry, Uh, It would take a year to travel from one end of his empire to the other, according to the Musa himself. Although, you know, now it would... You'd probably get that fast. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, what on foot, Get, yeah. crawling on his, carrying him in a, in a big shiny chair. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was a long, the trans-Saharan trade uh, is one of the major, four major routes that linked all classic civilizations, and it's along that. And its major ex- export was gold, salt, copper, and can you guess what it is? Slaves. <laughs> Here in Mali, we believe in the four major economic groups. <laughs> Gold, salt, copper, and sand. What if you could build all of those in one thing? <laughs> Which is... <laughs> um, Present you with the copper slave. Um, and, and he is very influential, this guy. Uh, and, and we'll start with his rise to power. Um, mm-hmm, so his mm-hmm. grandfather was... How does a guy like that, born on top of a gold mine, get anywhere? <laughs> well, life? he started a thing called Virgin Records, and then... <laughs> <laughs> you know, he learned uh, young that... Uh... Oh, fuck, I forgot Virgin slogan. He, okay, saw, he <laughs> saw a market for calling yourself a virgin, and he made $400 <laughs> billion. Dollars. <laughs> You know, he just wanted to bring that spirit of the 60s into the boardroom, you know, and that's how he became the richest man. (laughs) But, okay, so his rise to power happened. His grandfather was Abu Bakir Keita, a nephew of Sundiata Keita, the founder of the Malian Empire. So uh, Mm -hmm. a bit of old Kivan in the family, a little bit of an old nephew. Each succession. Oh, sorry, go on. What's his name again? Which guy's grandfather? His grandfather, Keita. Yeah. Keita, Keita and Sons, sons. little family, family empire, you know, mom and pop show. Um, <laughs> like Sanford and Son style, like probably <laughs> passing it down. Um, I couldn't yeah. remember. We've been growing slaves in our <laughs> for two generations. Hand on back, like, yes, good stuff. But he, so his <laughs> succession was essentially disputed by two groups, the royalists uh, who were direct descendants of Sundiata Keita and the Hunters Association who united under Sundiata to fight for the creation of the empire and believed only the best among them should rule regardless of royal lineage. So you basically mm-hmm. had your toffs and your, your, your common man, the common who is the... Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, by the time Mansa Moose is about, they're really disillusioned. It feels like um, how we see it now, they were like, who the fuck takes over is it the king's family or an ally? Like, we don't even know. Like, they were they were bored mm. of the system. It didn't really work. But he himself mm. is deputized um, by Abu Bakar Akita II, who's the ninth mancer of the, the Mali Empire, um, who apparently mm. just kind of went away. <laughs> he went on travels and, like, didn't come back. So, um... <laughs> a very common thing in the past. He went on... He went away on a trip with two of his shiftiest advisors yeah. <laughs> sharpening their big swords. Yeah, he just vanished. He just didn't... That's how it had to be sometimes. There'll be like sometimes if you didn't see a guy for a while, it's like he might be dead. He might be. (laughs) I should do his job for him, I guess. (laughs) Someone's got to do it. There's just a quote, sorry. The ruler who preceded me did not believe that it was impossible to reach the extremity of the ocean that it encircles the earth, meaning the Atlantic. These fucking idiots didn't know. You fucking moron. He won- you don't know how the oceans work. <laughs> he wanted to reach the end and obstinately persisted in the design. So he equipped 200 boats full of men, as many others full of gold, water, and victuals, sufficient enough for several years. He ordered the chief not to return until they reached the extremity of the ocean or if they exhausted the provisions and the water. They set out. Their absence extended over a long period, and at last, only one boat returned. 
On our questioning, the captain said, Prince, we have navigated for a long time until we saw in the midst of the ocean as if a big river was flowing violently. My boat was the last one. Others were ahead of me. It's assumed basically that he died at sea because he tried to find... (laughs) From this profound enigmatic statement, we take that he fucking... And he had a... There's some debate about whether he had a regent when he rose to power and that there's this weird 12-year gap. Um, So I'm just going to skip over that because it's very complicated. You get a lot of those in ancient history, you know, guys, chin up. 12-year gaps, they're like, they're like you, know, you know, sometimes the civilization just doesn't write anything down for 12 years. <laughs> just like we were doing a writing session, me and the other griots, and we didn't actually get anything down, but we, we had a good laugh. We had a, I got... I, yeah, there, was, there was a mode in the room. Yeah, was, I had know, a note. Most of it ended up in the bed. That's all right, you know, sometimes... I had a note on my phone, like, Poseidon drunk uh, that was it that was the only thing i got i don't know so we did we, it was lost time poseidon in an apple shop no no in the cold light um, that sucks one weird thing was not weird thing but one one distinct thing from from uh i suppose european civilizations was that um mansmusa was a devout muslim he really believed in islam and he actually tried to press it onto his people but it was such mm-hmm. a diverse mix of traders and people from all over just it was such a huge empire that they just didn't fancy it really and it never really caught on um which i really liked just as like oh this is so great this is so great and he's like eh, you know i don't know uh, you know sorry man i'm just not feeling pillars not for me king not for me um that's a funny thing you get with yeah with with tons of these empires it's, it's kind of what happens to the roman empire i think though i'm not a roman empire guy um, which empire guy yeah, are they you? Spread which empire are you? <laughs> if you had to pick. Oh, uh, uh, the show empire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fox's empire, I think, would be my own. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I don't know if I could pick one. Yeah. This one seems fine. So sure, well, I'll go with Malay. Yeah, it seems yeah. like you're feeling this empire. Not that yeah. it was chill. But, you know, they, they, they become so vast uh, and diverse that it becomes difficult to... to Voiced any one particular ideological system on them, right? Mm. And that, you know, and that's that's sort of to its credit that it's become so vast. Yeah, um, I have a pet theory that when you're a trader, you really—it's kind of like now you're like you really just don't give a fuck, and you're like, let me just absolutely let me just flog my wares. It's like okay, we're in Islam territory now. Great, do you want to buy this? Like, I'm trying to. <laughs> it's like, like I gotta go down the Silk Road for another four years just to meet, <laughs> just to make my next meeting. Okay? Yeah, like, exactly. I don't care. Absolutely, you see tons of that. Tons of um, the early trading uh, civilizations in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, were were groups just obviously motiv- motivated by commerce, mm-hmm. right? Just just entirely driven. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, by making that money and good. But honor. in keeping with his own even though no one wanted to come with him, maybe, uh, in keeping with his own tradition, there was this iconic pilgrimage to Mecca that uh, Mansa Musa took part in around 1324. There's some rumors uh, uh, that he went because, hang on, let me just find the quote. The reason for it was told to me by the student and keeper of the traditions of the ancestors, Muhammad Kuma, uh, who mentioned that Mali Koi, king of Mali, Kankan Musa, is the one who accidentally killed his mother, Nana Kanka, and he was sorrowful about this and regretted it and feared retribution for it. So he gave large amounts of wealth, his arms, and resolved to fast the rest of his life. Um, it's believed that they're talking about Mansa Musa. There's this weird, uh, so basically this theory that he killed his mother or, or, and was seeking penance for it. So went to Mecca, mm-hmm. but this is, uh, just, 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 just <laughs> but I'll never, the messy I don't know. Of history, he didn't hear, he didn't hear that. I, I, 
You didn't hear that. I mean, it's the only written record we have of anything from this century. But you didn't, you didn't hear that. Yeah. Um, so when he arrived in Cairo, uh, the the empire wasn't known outside of of outside of it. It wasn't. It didn't. It wasn't big on the map. Mm-hmm. They they very much kept to themselves. Um, uh, <laughs> One of those shy. <laughs> we just do our thing, you know. He clocks just, in, you know, clocks out, you know. Exactly. Yeah. You except know, this yeah. time. So when they arrive in Cairo. The powers that be, I believe it was uh, one of the Mamluk sultans, Al-Malik Al-Nasir, um, kind of didn't want to talk to him. There was this weird thing of they knew he was very powerful, but it was like, we should probably say hi, because <laughs> he's in town, <laughs> and guess what he's got with him? Oh, we got to talk to him. Oh, Jesus. This boy. Half an hour. Half an hour <laughs> tops, I swear. I swear. If he offers me a second cup of tea, I'll say no. I have I a little chit-chat. I've got so much on. I've got... I've got so... Yeah. There's, you know what? I've got eight... He's an empire. He's got the largest, em- one of the largest empires in the world. Yeah, and they knew it. You got to, you got to go say hi. He's like, oh, fine. Maybe I'll wait till he comes over to me. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he initiates, um, he initiates, and then I can say, oh, I thought you were going to say hi. <laughs> but the emperor himself rode on horseback and was directly preceded by five hundred slaves, each carrying a gold-adorned staff. In addition, Mansa Musa had a baggage train of eighty camels, each carrying three hundred pounds of gold. The king reportedly left Mali with a caravan oh, of 60,000 yes. men. He took his entire royal court and officials, soldiers, griots, merchants, camel drivers, and 12,000 slaves, as well as a long train of goats and sheep for food. It was a city moving through the desert, a city whose inhabitants all the way down to the slaves were clad in gold brocade and finest Persian silk. A hundred camels were in tow, each camel carrying hundreds of pounds of pure gold, which is just That's like, amazing. I do like... It's just like even the people I own gonna have some drip. I'm gonna they're gonna look like <laughs> <laughs> I can't be seen with you if you're not wearing the finest silks. Cover cover up those eighty whip lashes on your back with this <laughs> exact <laughs> breathable silk. <laughs> Hundreds of camels, all my courtiers, <laughs> and my goats as well. I've got a petting zoo. You see my griot this guy's got the best five minutes on on <laughs> On camel train food, it's great. You gotta hear this. You gotta hear this. <laughs> so yeah, a moving open mic stand, <laughs> rolling on logs by. Yeah. So they just yeah, they just fucking that's, walked it like they talk it. They throw it around. He did not. Yeah. Amazing. So you 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 up sticks and take your entire social and political world mm. on a trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bump them all in a van. Yeah, literally. That's yeah. incredible. That's the kind of thing that's like, that's what's so interesting about the ancient world, right? Is that that's the kind of thing that's that's completely inconceivable mm. now, right? Because you have entrenchments of wealth and power that vast as they were, are actually concrete, yes. right? You know, have a particular uh, space, have particular people involved in them. You know, you couldn't do that now, yeah. right? Like, you know, all major centers of wealth and power are bound up all across the world, contain hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people involved in the effort. You know, Amazon couldn't march across the yeah, desert. Yeah. Right? It's, it, it, it's impossible. Yeah. You couldn't carry Amazon's wealth on your back, right? It, um, you can barely picture it in your head. Um, but so, yeah, it, it's that's one of the things that's so fascinating, I think, about it, that particular point in history is is vast amounts of wealth and power, mm-hmm. but but in, you know, bound up by, like, existing social relations and, and, and existing kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. A world we can actually envisage. Right? They, it's it's physical. They had literally physical. It was just stuff. Like I mean, we talk about exactly. I think it was like 
a, it was a real misstep for modern billionaires to to have it all in in stocks and 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 shares and stuff oh. because you could just carry that shit around with you. exactly exactly and terrible terrible for the drip yeah right oh, I mean, like, don't even get me know, started if you can't show me your coffers with your you know overflowing coin then what's the hell's the point that's a number on the screen i have a number on the screen okay your number is bigger much bigger mine is mine is in the uh double digits right now but yeah you, know, you could just we both just have numbers on the screen just to have it there on you just like i was like also it's just like i can't leave this at home it's like people it's like it's <laughs> like he's going to reading and he brought loads of stuff he didn't need like you know reading <laughs> like yeah, it's like those people who take their passport everywhere. <laughs> oh, I can't leave this. Can't leave, can't leave, <laughs> Why I can't not? leave these hundred camels? Just you know, I can't. They're gonna... <laughs> they, they come with. They come with. They come with. But come on, come on, come on. they did have a meeting. They they had to. It was the kind of thing you couldn't ignore. This guy, obviously, because <laughs> he had a moving city with him. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. Well, there's no way we couldn't. Just don't don't look up. They had look this. Up, so. They had this. Sire, it's a city moving across the desert. No, I know. Just don't, just don't make eye contact. It's fine. It's fine. It'll pass. <laughs> exactly. So they meet up and they go to, uh, I, I believe, the palace, the Sultan's palace, and they they had this chat. They do this sort of ceremony. It was very much ancient times. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Like it was like a photo op almost. And they do this thing, and uh, Mansmus is supposed to, in in the ceremony, supposed to say, uh, you know, pay reverence to the sultan and say or just some agreement but instead he um started quoting i think from the quran or saying um or praising allah in a prayer which is seen as this kind of power play that he wouldn't bow down to him and instead of saying like you are great thank you for having us he just prayed to his own god and it was this kind of like quite cool <laughs> yeah. bit of a flex and then it continued uh because as you know this guy He's not just a man of words. He's a man of, of doing the most. So he, he lavishly <laughs> handed out gold in Cairo. Um, he was there for about three months and he handed it out to people, just gave it away. He just gave loads of gold to the people as, as uh, believed to be a power play. But he gave out so much that uh, in his three months day that it caused the price of gold to plummet in the region for 10 years. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, That's incredible. Wrecking the economy. The key, the key thing I think to the key thing I think to wealthy power plays. We've seen this in, in episodes past. Is how seismic effect can you have on the local economy? Yeah. Right. Like when you when you do your economic belly flop in the pool, does it does it just soak the other kids, or do you do you get the mums as well? Do, you, do does the lifeguard start to look worried because it's such a big literally? Deal? Yeah, it's so. Uh, tech company smartasset.com estimates that that due to the depre- depreciation of gold, the pilgrimage led to about $1.5 billion of economic losses across the Middle East. You were just like, oh, just take it. And apparently his griots weren't happy about it. They usually like think he's a great guy and like pay him reverence. Like, dude, yeah. you should not do that. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit gauche. Come on, don't. Christ, dude. Yeah, we'll back you in anything. Mm. Come on. They, as a, as a Lucy Duran of the School of African and Oriental Studies in London quote said, he gave out so much Mali and gold that the griots don't like didn't they didn't like to praise him in their songs because they think he wasted local resources. It's like, <laughs> all right, you're on the naughty step a little bit. I don't have a lot, but I'm gonna sing what I like. I'm gonna sing. I'm not gonna. Sing yeah, I'm gonna do old stuff now. Yeah, you're not getting any new songs this week. His, 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 my song. Jesus, yeah. How, Chill out with the gold, man. 
how bad do you have to fuck up to piss off your courtiers whose only job is to you know that's a rough ride bang bang a lute yeah. and sing a, a jaunty it's a tune rough ride back rough ride back exactly home. yeah so it's <laughs> exactly. oh fuck. I'm, I'm just man you can't really take it back can you if you give someone like a gold bar you can't be like no 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 no, 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 no. no, no it's gonna no, be bad no. for your economy for 10 years Sorry, no, no. you know what yeah. they say lifetime a moment on the hips <laughs> lifetime on on the lips <laughs> not it it goes nope. in here the go the go the gold goes in here <laughs> the gold goes in the hips and then Man, can you imagine like if you still i i can't even like i do love i do kind of like it it's kind of like i mean it's kind of like jeff bezos setting up amazon headquarters in new york or whatever but that's yeah. not as fun that's not as no yeah. exactly it's it's as we as we always come back to it's just more boring than mm. yeah it, exactly like that and and that's the thing as well is that yeah when you have that kind of money and influence you can choose to completely change the course of human history in that region just if you feel like you can chuck gold around you can you can sink the cost of gold you can raise the standard of living for everyone yeah, there for generations there was some, he, he set up a lot of he a lot of cultural stuff was his main focus that's kind of what he became known for um yeah setting up uh, mosques in Gao across the region and and libraries big libraries that became centers of academic discourse and and uh mm. big things big one was in timbuktu they it was a major islamic university center during the 14th century due to his developments he brought architecture and scholars from across the islamic world into his kingdom and the reputation of the mali kingdom grew uh and it reached its great extent around the time that he was around thanks to his expansion and his administration the production of books was heavily sponsored by the king and other prominent families with paper imported from china this bolstered the book trade in timbuktu um private libraries became very common the sankor madrasa housed twenty-five thousand students and one had one of the largest libraries in the world with over four hundred thousand manuscripts um and so he just became known as this guy where it's like this, he's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. We've got to get over that. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. Classical civilization, I don't know how it works with academia and with the, the thinkers, yeah. but I, I imagine they just kind of laze about and, and it's like those old paintings of Plato or whatever else. Like. <laughs> I don't know yet. I mean, one of the things that you yeah, find, I don't know as much about uh, uh, ancient Africa or, or the Middle East or the Islamic world, but I know that, yeah, like, I mean, in Europe, that it, it, it seems to follow the same pattern, which is, yeah, you have academics who flock to study, you know, one paragraph from the Bible for, for their entire lives, mm -hmm. right? And so you, you set up these religious institutions through which people do other learning and work, you know, and they translate other works and it, it all kind of gets filtered through yeah. uh, that mechanism. But a, a crazy amount of it, yeah, it does depend on whether or not you have you have one of the two ancient leaders, the one who likes war or the one who likes books. <laughs> like, you know, you've got to choose. I suppose you've got the third one who likes the mad one who likes games. Right? Who likes oh, to you see, pray like... it's going to be that guy. You pray. It's like a, it's like a, an accident, <laughs> a plane trick show or something. You're kind of hoping it's going to go off the rails. <laughs> like, you kind of yeah, like, exactly. You want to yeah. see a tiger attack us. Come on, we've got to have a Mad Emperor, Mad Emperor, Mad Emperor, come on. I want to see the tallest guy in the village fight the shortest guy <laughs> every year on Christmas. There's an amazing podcast, You're Dead to Me, which I'll just promote because I listen to that, and also the BBC Radio 4 podcast. There's a few podcasts out there in research this, which are very dusty, very boring historians, <laughs> who it's like the oldest white guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. ruffling things like, oh, he was quite a 
quite a big spender, wasn't he? It's like, and then the other thing was like, ha ha. Yes, well, I don't think it was, that's not quite fair compared to our uh, current economic model, but I will say, <laughs> like, have a good time, I swear to God. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh... Steady on, Jeremy. This is a historical <laughs> podcast. Don't get a don't get carried away with um, the humor. Yeah, there are like a dozen historical podcasts in in Britain that I imagine are recorded like in Oxford libraries at whisper volume. <laughs> you know, trying not to get caught because they are dusty and they are quiet yeah. and they are very very uh, somber. Um, and you can just hear the tweed as they as they shuffle. Yeah, alive. literally. That was Mansa Musa. So that was the um, that was the fella. Loved culture, loved gold, and uh, didn't end slavery. Loved culture. I guess. <laughs> and slavery remains a footnote to every story about him. He set up a popular slave center. <laughs> That's the one thing. Well, when we're talking about the slaves. academics and the cultural discussion and stuff, they're sitting there just like, but slaves are also fine. <laughs> yeah yeah no one thinks to question that or raise any issues because with class in that regard how did it how ephemeral was it and how established was it was it as you just had oh he's a scholar he has money so he's able to do those things or was it like i that's, i just wonder how they it's an interesting question you know i don't think i think I think scholarship was one of these things that you went into if you had money, right? So it wasn't it wasn't seen as a, a particular class or a hereditary yeah. thing, but you know only certain people could afford to to take to it, right? And you see versions of it where it's a bit like it is today, which is that it can be a tool yeah. of social mobility, right? Some people from lower classes end up end up a little bit higher up than they um. Uh, but one of the big things about class, and I don't know, again, I don't know much about the society, but it, it, it's a little bit different to class as it's constituted now in that it was, yeah, it was political, right? It was, you know, society designates these certain things and you are yeah. part of the slave class or you are part of the, you know, the pseudo aristocracy or whatever. Um, it's not as strictly economic, right? Um, and so in one sense, this is, this is more flexible right because it's not dictated by just the amount of gold one happens to have in a drawer uh but on the other hand it's a lot more stringent right because there's there the idea that you can move between the classes that you can vault from one to the other is just completely foreign to people um yeah and you also see that in rome right where the questioning of the of the slave of the existence of the slave caste just doesn't really occur no one thinks to i think it's been slavery at that time or just historically slavery was such an economic uh like uh grounding it was such a powerhouse mm-hmm. that, like you know it's been described as too big to fail at least american slavery mm-hmm, was described mm-hmm. that way and i think for the longest time people were just like yeah you just need this you can't like they were like you just it's so inevitable yeah. uh and it and it probably the most you got was like it sucks yeah i don't like it <laughs> yeah yeah and you get it in the philosopher you know in in philosophy like plato or something which is an attempt to examine the world from the ground up and still includes yeah some people are born to be slaves yeah you you look around you see slavery that entrenched in society you don't see the kind of vast fluctuations people moving in and Mm. out of classes the way you do in this um point in history and so yeah you just conclude yeah they're born for that you know yeah it's (laughs) a weird they just like yeah they just but anyway what does it mean to exist (laughs) what does it mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what i'm really concerned about Mm. yeah it's unbelievably myopic. It's crazy. On the Wonka scale, uh, the Wonka scale for, for, for fresh listeners is when we try and sum up how good 
uh, or basically how evil the person was compared to how zany and fun they were. Mansa Musa's a bit of a serious bloke. I'm not going to lie. He's a bit of a, he didn't, other than, he, he, he funneled all his nuttiness into, like, I guess his look and his, and his, like, carrying around stuff. He's just kind of like a yeah. hoarder, you know? I don't think that's that crazy. <laughs> yeah. stuff around. Yes. He's just, he doesn't know. It's like, you know, rich kids bringing, like, you know, the Arga to uni or whatever. Like, they're like, <laughs> I need this. I need the Arga. Sorry. It's, he doesn't know any different. It's like, it would be fantastic. Yeah. Volvo after Volvo pulls up with an Arga and <laughs> tape to the back. Um, Yes, it's funny. He kind of seems to funnel it all into his projects. He seems sort of solemn and serious and religious yeah. and interested in learning. But then he did move his entire city across his empire. Mm. I mean, that's that's amazing. So for that, I'm I, on the on the. Uh, and he tanked the economy too. The, so that was pretty. He tanked the economy. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. On the wildness side, I'm going to give him a seven. Okay. A solid. All seven. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and on the evilness, I'm going to say. Seven as well. I mean, he didn't. He didn't seem to do anything outwardly that bad. But then again, slavery does appear in basically every sentence about. Yeah, him, so it was. Yeah, that good a dude. I, I. So pretty even. Pretty even. I think like I'm so jaded by doing this format just because I. He's a guy that would kill me if we hung out, and I'm still like, nah. He sounds kind of. He, he sounds not that weird. <laughs> he sounds. Like, <laughs> he sounds like we yeah, kick our, him. Um, our standards have have significantly changed. I. Episode, I think. Yeah. I don't think it is such a flexor like if someone if 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 i heard about i would like i never i never lost sight of his e- the evils he's doing with war but i do like that he funneled stuff into culture and i kind of like that he stepped back from trying to force islam where he's like okay fine whatever i don't care i'm just trying to yeah, i like yeah. it i like it and i'm gonna go yeah it's my thing you know no one ever really likes what you put on at pre's you know you gotta, you gotta take the l and, and... You know, yeah leave it be. sort of an eight on good just because like i don't think a lot of emperors i think as as commerce focused as he was i don't know how many people have i'll say eight on good just because of it's I, those ancient libraries i'm fascinated by so for a moment i do forget i'm like oh my god i just want to know like what what is the what knowledge did they have yeah. and stuff uh mm-hmm. and i'd probably say seven on on crazy as well yeah just because yeah. you know what yeah. i just don't want to be the same as you so i want to just say whatever <laughs> just do slightly different it's like price is right i do like 101 or absolutely. whatever yeah absolutely no yeah no please please take against me in in arbitrary contrarianism um, <laughs> but um thank you so much for listening um we are on uh you you are on facebook uh on that's rich podcast we're on twitter rich underscore podcast and we're on instagram that's rich podcast so do give us a follow Le- please leave us a review if you're listening on apple music it helps us find new people um and if you're not just keep streaming we love uh we we really just want people to to listen as much as possible. um thank you so much for coming back after our uh hiatus we'll be bringing you as much that's rich content as you can eat yeah we have so uh, much in store for you guys we're so excited for for everything we've got coming up um but until we see you later i gotta go to the shop so i'm just gonna grab my fridge and some other stuff <laughs> my fridge my dog uh yeah i'm popping down for a coffee so uh, i'm gonna have to get my flatmate to help me wheel down my bed uh just in my, case uh, you know what i mean yeah exactly yeah yeah i can't leave it here can i and my griots um, my story to my my posse <laughs> they're gonna i gotta feed these these fucking guys I <laughs> listen i might give some money to a homeless guy and if you're gonna be shitty about it then don't come all right
Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back next time with a new figure from history or the present day to amuse you with. Uh, and thanks very much, guys. Bye. Bye.